What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 12 of the Imperfect Path podcast. In today's episode, we are going to talk about verbal judo, de-escalation, and having a service-oriented mindset. I'm your host, Aaron Myers, and welcome to the Imperfect Path. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 12 of the Imperfect Path podcast. I wanted to talk a little bit about being an effective communicator and utilizing things like verbal judo to de-escalate potentially confrontational situations. And this is kind of inspired by what I was talking about last week with kind of getting into it with the guy at the, the pro wrestling event. And I realized a huge misstep in the way that I had handled that situation. And it came, it was more of a mental perspective that, you know, it was a big, a big miss, big fail um, in terms of how that situation played out and how I handled it. And if you missed the last episode, it's not like this situation got physical or was some type of incredible confrontation, but my mindset was just not in the proper place for someone who likes to think about himself as a as a comprehensive martial artist, you know, at least someone who's trying to work in that direction. So instead of using verbal skills to kind of de-escalate the confrontation or work around it to find a peaceful ends to the head-to-head that we had just gotten into, I chose to kind of keep it at a level that could have potentially led somewhere negative. And that has everything to do with ego and pride. And so what I wanted to do was talk a little bit about verbal judo because I did some, I went back and kind of re-explored the idea of verbal judo and de-escalation because it was obviously something that I needed to reintroduce to my, reintroduce to my psyche and my, my regular daily practice and thinking. Because as martial artists, and if you don't practice martial arts, it's okay. I think this is still going to be a good episode for you as well hopefully, but it's very easy to fall into the trap of focusing only on hard skills, right? A lot of the discussion and the discourse on forums or, you know, wherever there would be some type of discourse as it pertains to training styles and all that sort of thing, it tends to focus on hard skills. Hey, this is the best art for striking. This is the best art for grappling. You need to be be training weapon-based entanglements. The list goes on and on and on. But what we don't often hear, especially contemporarily, likely due to the fact that a lot of traditional martial arts academies are kind of going by the wayside. So the discussions on, you know, some of the values that came along with that, like integrity or respect and protecting people, using your words to defuse situations, you know, talking before you start throwing punches and stuff. That sort of thing is not, it's not at the forefront of the training environment, or it's not something that has a lot of emphasis surrounding it. Um, Again, it's mostly focused on hard skills. But there's an old adage that is corny and, but is totally true that the best way to win a fight is not to get into one to begin with. When I think about that, I'm reminded of a scene from Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee. And for those of you who have not seen it, it's a pretty 
timeless classic martial arts movies, so I recommend it. But those of you who have will remember what I'm talking about. And there's a group of guys on a boat. They're traveling to an island for a combat tournament, you know, martial arts tournament to see who the, the biggest, baddest mofo around is. And there's a guy on the boat who's going around to the other competitors, kind of messing with them. And he goes up to Bruce Lee and starts like throwing punches in a taunting way and says, what's your style? And Bruce Lee says, and this isn't exact, but says, my style is the art of fighting without fighting. And the guy is kind of confused, like, what does that mean? Show me. And Bruce Lee says, maybe later. And attempts to walk away, right? Which is a, a good move. If, you know, when appropriate. Tries to walk away. Dude puts his hand on his shoulder. Bruce Lee takes a step back and says, okay, but we're going to need more room. And the guy says, well, where do we go? And Bruce Lee points to this island that's off in the distance. He's like, how about that island over there? That'll give us enough space. We can take this rowboat right here that's hanging off the side of the ship. And the guy thinks about it, and then he goes, okay. The guy gets into the boat, and he's waiting for Bruce Lee to follow him in. Bruce Lee unties the boat, and now he's like being towed behind the ship. And he's screaming at Bruce, like, hey, what are you doing? Yada, right? The art of fighting without fighting. Instead of getting to a physical confrontation with this guy, he chose to kind of be clever and trick this guy. Now he's you know, not a, not a threat or, a, or potentially harmful to anybody because he's being towed behind the back of the ship. And now there's one, I think that's a critical point of this that you have to keep in mind as we move forward to talk about uh, things like verbal judo. In that situation, there is reason to believe that the guy being towed realizes that he just got had, right? Bruce Lee tricked him. And so Bruce Lee gets to have a little bit of that satisfaction of the other guy kind of recognizing that he got had. And Bruce Lee gets to like, he gets this cathartic moment of realizing that he was successful and being clever and that it was very clear that he won and his opponent realizes like more important than the fact that he knows he won. I think it's easy to get caught up in wanting our opponent to know that they lost. And that is definitely an inclination that I can find myself um, succumbing to. And it's weak in the way that having a temper that you are not in control of is weak. It makes you, you're essentially relinquishing control for the sake of something that is, I don't know, resentful, vengeful, definitely egocentric and prideful, which tells me that it's not the proper mindset to have. So verbal judo, which is also known as tactical communication, tactical communication was kind of what, if, if they weren't calling it verbal judo when I was getting this training at my previous job. Um, but it was, you know, techniques for diffusing conflict through verbal communication skills. And why, in the context of martial arts, and right, martial arts is a, is a niched down version. This is an important skill to have just in the field of life. But the reason that it is important to develop good communication skills is because an unskilled tongue is something that can result in a grand speech that you're going to regret for the rest of your life, 
right? So when you don't have control of your tongue, you're not skillful in your language, you could go on a tirade that you're, again, you're going to regret it later on down the road, even if it feels good to say in that moment. And I think when you fall into that, just saying whatever feels good in that moment, you're losing sight of the goal, which all communication, whether implicit or explicit, has some type of goal. There you are, the reason you're communicating is to achieve some type of goal. So don't lose sight of that when you are communicating with someone and that, that interaction turns into something that's antagonistic and confrontational. And with that in mind, when you hear words that are coming at you that are antagonistic and are attacking you, recognize it, redirect it, and avoid that impact, right? Because that's what they're looking for. Usually harsh words are looking for some type of impact to be made. But if you can recognize it and just choose to right, redirect it or recognize it for what it is and not let it have any impact on you, you're going to be coming out of that as the cooler head. And as I've said in the past, having an inflamed temper is weak. That is a weak place to exist. Be- and it, it, like even physiologically, right? When you become emotional and you feel attacked and you're getting angry, blood literally drains from your head and you lose cognitive ability. Your forebrain loses blood flow. There's a samurai proverb that more or less translates to he who gets upset loses. So what strength is that to see, oh man, this guy that I'm in a in verbal combat with, for lack of a better description, this guy's kind of losing his temper a little bit. I'm staying cool. You're already at an advantage. And you want to maintain as many tactical advantages as you can, especially if something is really starting to boil over. In the same vein, there's another you know, samurai proverb that goes, a man throws a spear of insult, move your head, now he is unarmed, and you are unscathed. And I don't know who needs to hear this. And maybe, you know, a lot of the stuff that I talk about in this podcast, I'm just reflecting on lessons that, you know, I'm learning for myself. And then I share them on here in case there's one or two people that are like, you know what, that's a good point. I need to start making those changes as well, or at least start considering it, right? I'm not doing my any thinking for you or telling you how to live your life. It's kind of like we're on this, we're just exploring these ideas together. But, you know, I have that, that thought of like, hey, being out with your wife. And this is a good example that I think about a lot because I know what the right answer is and I still have an emotional response even thinking through it. You know, say you're in a parking lot or whatever and some dude is like, hey, what are you looking at? And, okay, gets your attention. Then he starts, you know, name calling oh that's right walk away bitch blah 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 right going into one of those things just the guy's obviously looking for a fight now say you go over there and beat his ass which is i suppose you could say a positive outcome right there's a million things that could happen in a street fight and almost none of them are positive especially if it's a fight that you could have avoided anyway you go over there you put boots to the guy awesome. Feel better about yourself? Because in reality, you just let some idiot in a parking lot coax you into a fist fight because he called you a name that hurt your feelings. And listen, to all those guys that grew up and it was, you know, I'm of the same mentality. Some people just deserve to get a butt kicking, right? Some people deserve that. 
Some people need that. Some people would probably become better people on the other side of that, and they never got it growing up for some reason. But in the situation that I just described, do you really think that that is the best route? Because I think that decision is weak. I think that that decision is weak, and it shows a lack of emotional maturity and a certain insecurity. And of course, that is an extreme example of you know what we're talking about as far as de-escalation and having a sober mind when it comes to dealing with confrontation, but I, I thought it was potentially a good illustration. It's one that my mind goes to, like, man, would I have the would I have the strength to be able to just walk by a situation like that, right? Get, and the reason that I was bringing like the wife adding the wife or your girlfriend into that story is because, oh man, the way that you're perceived in that situation, right? Like, oh, is my wife going to think lesser of me if I just like allow this guy to treat me like like dirt? Probably not. She'll probably appreciate the fact that you didn't get into a fist fight. <laughs> Humility is key. But to be clear, this isn't one of those things that you show, you know, you show actual weakness and make yourself into a soft target for someone that's challenging you, right? Like, you don't look at the ground or try to avoid eye contact and you know make yourself small or anything like that. I think that that can be just as dangerous a mentality, but you also don't let someone's words dictate your physical actions. And it's going to be a short episode today, but I'm going to close it off with this last little discussion. And um, I was reading an article and it was in Police One uh, on the Police One website. And it was talking about Robert L. Humphrey and his warrior creed which I will explain in its entirety shortly. But, so, Humphrey was like a, he was a scout sniper or something like that in the Marine Corps, and I want to say it was like Vietnam era. But he was at a training, and there was this guy there who was probably pretty, you know, proficient in violence, well-trained, in shape, that kind of thing. He was kind of known for a... For having an aura of douchebaggery. And he would walk into a room and people would be kind of intimidated by him. And it was clear that he enjoyed the fact that people felt intimidated by him. That people were a little bit scared because, dang right, they should be scared of me. Right? One of those guys. Very obnoxious to be around. But Humphrey goes up to him and says, and I can't remember what the guy's name was in the article. We'll call him John. Says, John, instead of walking into a room thinking about how badass you are, try to adopt the mindset of everyone is safer because I'm here. And that could sound self aggrandizing, but if you can come at that attitude in a way that's humble and thoughtful, and service-oriented, then I think that's a positive mindset to hold. Not the mindset of, everybody look out because I'm a hardened badass, but everyone is a little bit safer because I'm here. For me, that's a beautiful thing to aim at. And the entirety of the Humphrey Warrior Creed is this. Wherever I go, everyone is a little bit safer because I am there. 
wherever I am, anyone in need has a friend. When I return home, everyone is happy I'm there. It's a better life. Right? It's a better life than the opposite of that. Some places that I read it indicated that, you know, some people wrote it out as it's a good life to be the stamp at the end of that. But so the first sentence, everyone's a little bit safer because I am there. That doesn't just mean I am a savage Aikido black belt and can deal with any type of violent confrontation that's going to present itself. No, it means that, okay, I can keep a cool head. I have the skills to deal with an emergency type situation. I am service oriented and I'm going to be taking care of people. And that could be something super menial, right? You can fill in that blank where you'd like. Wherever I am, anyone in need has a friend, which I think is just another, it's just kind of an additional push off the, the first point and having a service-oriented heart. And here's a big one. When I return home, everyone is happy I'm there. And it seems like, right, your home is your sanctuary, and it should be that way, where people are happy to see you and you're behaving well and treating your family as well as you would treat strangers or people out in the public. But it doesn't always happen that way. For instance, and this is kind of a comical example, but like you're in the grocery store and someone, right, someone gets in your way or whatever, you get in someone else's way. Your interaction is like, oh, I'm sorry. Am I in your way? And maybe there's a reason for this. Like if it's your partner or your kid, it's like, hey, can you get the hell out of my way? (laughs) It's almost like the lack of courtesy is coming because you have developed a certain level of comfort with the person that you're interacting with in your own home. Or, you know, there's a lot of illustrations of like, man, the kids and the wife and mom are at home excited for dad to come home. Little did they know he had a hard day at work or whatever, and he comes home in a terrible mood. And it just sucks all the life out of the room. And that's not what we want. We want people to be happy that we're home, to be a light when we walk into our into our home and interact with those people. Yeah, I think we can all agree on that. Okay, so I'm going to close it all out with just a couple points on communication. And this is, man, this podcast is super unstructured. And if I'm being completely honest with you guys, I was a little bit unmotivated to sit down and do this today, but I'm trying to make it a regular thing, um, make it habitual and put a little bit more work into these things, a little bit more research. Today, or this week rather, just happened to be one of those weeks where my mind was was elsewhere and occupied with other things. But okay, so when it comes to communicating, we already talked about like verbal judo, de-escalation skills, being cognizant of the words that are coming out of your mouth. So the first point is be intentional with your communication. Be, don't just say everything that pops into your mind Don't let your mouth outrun your thinking. Be intentional with every word that you say um, and everything you're communicating. So it doesn't just have to do with the specific verbiage that you're using. It has to do with things like voice inflection. It has to do with things like your delivery. Are you delivering something in a condescending tone? Are you speaking truth to someone, but it's not coming from a place of respect and love and you're using it as more of a weapon? Just be aware of all that kind of thing. Be intentional about what you choose to consume because the people that you are listening to on a regular basis, you are going to borrow certain amounts of that mentality as well as verbiage and style of communication 
And sometimes that's not a good thing. If you're constantly listening to podcasts and content that is super inflammatory and emotional and angry, there's a likely chance that you're going to start adopting some of those delivery methods and some of that style of communication. So just be aware of that. Be aware when you are doing that. I think this is the most practical point that I'm going to share with you when it comes to being intentional with the way that you're communicating. And that is when you're talking with people, slow down your pace. Slow it down intentionally. Don't, and it might feel awkward at first, but slowing down your pace allows you to not only be very particular in the words that you are choosing to communicate and the way in which you are choosing to communicate them but you're also able to analyze the response of the audience. And that could be multiple people or one person. And embrace that silence, right? Sometimes it's your, there's a discomfort for people when you're in the middle of a conversation and there's a little bit of silence. That's okay. That doesn't... Don't let that, let that coerce, unnecessary, anxiety-induced words and communication. Let it breathe a little bit. Take a breath yourself. Figure out the direction of the conversation. If it's just a long-form conversation with a friend or it's some type of goal-oriented conversation because it's a potentially life-saving soft skill in my estimation. That's all I got for you guys. I will be back at it next week with something a little bit more robust and structured for you. Hopefully this freeform thing is did all right with you and at least you got something out of it. Hope you're all feeling blessed. Don't forget, do the work and stay on the path.